What's going on, family? Happy Monday, and welcome to another edition of the Faction Quick Hits. GB is who I be. Yes, Gerard Bonner, that's who I am. And it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you rolling with us today on a Monday. Now, I hope your week is off to a great start, and I hope your weekend was absolutely amazing. Shouts to everybody, of course, who join us by way of social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at The Faction Show. Thank you for your continued support of what we do. In addition, a big shout to everybody who's listening to us right now and who are subscribed to our podcast. It absolutely means the world. So if you're not, go ahead and click the subscribe button wherever you're listening to us. Also rate us and leave a comment as well. It makes all the difference in the world. And a big shout to everybody who enjoys our faction hot takes. We've got more of that coming this week, I promise. All right, with that said, let's dive into the news because that's why you're here, right? We're going to start with a look at SmackDown this week. It was the SmackDown following Fastlane, and there were certainly a lot of stories to be told. Congratulations, because SmackDown returned to the 2 million mark. They picked up 2.031 million viewers, over 90,000 viewers week to week. They also did something that most wrestling programs these days don't do. They actually grew in numbers hour one over hour two, picking up an additional 21,000 viewers in hour two. That's a significant moment, and if you think about a lot of the things that happened on SmackDown, we definitely saw some development with this Sasha versus Bianca situation, which was major, and of course, the universal title picture just got a lot muddier or clearer, depending upon your perspective. As Daniel Bryan has been officially inserted, we now have a triple threat match between Roman Reigns, Edge, and Daniel Bryan, and I have to say... I told you this would happen, right? I just have to do that because, well, I just want you to know we're a viable source here at The Faction. And so I'm actually really excited about it. To some degree, it is returning to what happened in 2014 when Daniel Bryan was inserted into the championship picture. Here it is some seven years later, and it does look a lot different. You have a very dominant Roman Reigns. You have the Hall of Famer Edge, and you have someone who could be at his last WrestleMania in Daniel Bryan. Will this be the last? hurrah for him uh, I'm just gonna say this now after watching Edge versus Jay Uso a couple of weeks ago it showed me easily that Edge does not and I know this might be a hot take for some people Edge does not belong in the main event of Wrestlemania alongside Roman Reigns meaning this he looked winded he looked older he did not look like perhaps the same edge that we even saw a year ago against randy orton at wrestlemania this is a different ball of wax and sure roman reigns can work with this but if this is going to be the finale of night two if it's going to be the final imagery we see after a two-night wrestlemania they're going to have to put in work Adding Daniel Bryan adds another wrinkle to this. We now get the potential of Daniel Bryan versus Edge versus Roman Reigns, and I think it's going to be an amazing dynamic. We saw what Daniel Bryan was able to do seven years ago at WrestleMania 30. I'll say this. The possibilities are endless here. And there is the very realistic possibility that Edge loses to Daniel Bryan and Daniel Bryan walks out of WrestleMania as, check this out, 
the universal champion, the yes chance return because the people will be live and it's going to be special. So I can't wait to see and hear how this is going to turn out. But WrestleMania is really starting to shape up and really Raw and SmackDown this week were all about creating matches and moments for WrestleMania. We're also going to see an interesting match, I think, Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens. Now, why would this be significant? Well, I think it's kind of obvious, but if it's not, let me go ahead and unveil this one for you. This war between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn has been going on for close to 15 years. It is the match and the rivalry that has defined both of their careers. You got to go back to Ring of Honor when he was El Generico and the crazy matches they would have there. For all of the matches they've had, and they've had some great matches uh, in NXT, on WWE pay-per-views, they've not had the WrestleMania moment. And so it makes all kinds of sense to bring Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn, a match that really doesn't need a lot of buildup because they have natural chemistry. They're going to kill it and crush it at Mania, and they both have buy-in on this. Neither of them have had that super significant WrestleMania moment. Kevin Owens has had some great matches. Uh, of course, last year, his situation with Seth Rollins diving off the top of the sign, super cool. But again, there was nobody in the arena to see it. So now for wrestling fans to be back, I think this is going to be a huge situation. In fact, there are a lot of matches and moments that are looking like they're going to shape up to make this WrestleMania special. Cesaro getting what I believe will be his WrestleMania moment. His first, think about this, Cesaro's first one-on-one -on -one match at WrestleMania is going to happen in two weeks time. That is an amazing thought when you think about what Cesaro has been able to do. You know, his real WrestleMania moment happened, strangely enough, at WrestleMania 30 when he won the inaugural Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, which reminds me, last year was the first year, if my memory serves me correctly, that we did not see the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal since it's been instituted at WrestleMania 30. And I guess I understand part of the reason why a battle royal at WrestleMania during COVID times probably isn't a good move, certainly not last year. This year, perhaps. Let me also mention this one thing before I move from this point that I thought it was intriguing the opportunity or the idea that Daniel Bryan offered to have a match on Saturday night and then a match on Sunday night because we have a two-night WrestleMania referencing the defense of the Universal Championship. I thought it was a great way to borrow an idea from our friends at New Japan who have been killing it with these two-night Wrestle Kingdoms that began, of course, in 2020 and then again in 2021, where in both cases, the major championship, the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, was up for grabs. In those cases, it was a double championship. It made a lot of sense. It actually makes a lot of sense here, but again... I like what they did because having that championship match on two nights takes away from the Sasha Bianca main event that very well will happen Saturday night. So I'm excited to see this go down. Of course, I'm a Daniel Bryan fan, so I might be a little biased, but I do think this move was best for business as Edge definitely proved he is not ready for a one-on-one -on -one encounter for the championship to end WrestleMania on night two. More WrestleMania news when we come back. 
Attention wrestling fans. Southern Honor Wrestling returns to the Action Building Friday, April 2nd for SHW 26. The savior, David Ali, defends his Southern Honor Championship against Gunnar Miller. Lethal Poison will put the SHW tag titles on the line against the father-son duo of Ben and Bull Buchanan. And two giants will collide as Logan Creed faces off against Austin Towers. Also in action, Ashton Starr, AC Mack, Technical Excellence, The Honor Society, All-Star Special, and more. Plus, AEW stars Lee Johnson and Sean Dean return home for their final independent wrestling appearance. Tickets on sale the night of the show starting at 5 p.m. Doors open at 7, bell time at 8. You don't want to miss this show. SHW, this is our wrestling. All right, guys, one of the things that has been a big moment for WrestleMania week, of course, has been Hall of Fame inductions, right? Of course, this year is, again, very different. Last year, there were no inductions. This year, there will be the inductions happening, which will involve the class of 2020 and the class of 2021. Last week, we found out some new additions to the class of 2021, which include Kane and the Great Kali. So if you give me a moment, I know some people were wondering, okay, how does any of this make sense? Well, it's interesting that you have two giants of the ring in Kane and the great Kali, two guys who both held world championships in Kane and the great Kali. And that is about where their commonalities stop. In fact, as my memory would have it, these two men actually battled at WrestleMania 23 at Ford Field. And believe it or not, the great Khali defeated Kane in a match that went five minutes and 30 seconds. I was there live for that. And I'll tell you, I tried to forget that match because I didn't see how the great Khali could beat Kane. But this battle of the Giants in that one moment in time saw the great Khali get a big WrestleMania victory. However, that's likely the only victory that you would see in comparing the two careers of Kane and the great Khali. I have to say this, it is further proof, the entrance of the great Kali into the WWE Hall of Fame is further proof that merely winning a world championship does not seemingly qualify you in the minds of fans to be a Hall of Fame inductee. This is definitely one of the weaker inductees into the Hall of Fame, no shade to the great Kali, but you think about his career, certainly a world champion, and that's really about it, an imposing figure, certainly a major figure for the country of India, which is where I think this is particularly uh, happening. It's not for his in-ring prowess. It's not for his footwork, that's for sure. And he didn't have an incredibly long career. Not that you need a long career to be in the Hall of Fame, but you have to make an impact. And really, I think the impact in this scenario would be to the nation of India more than it was the professional wrestling industry as a whole. But this is probably why I don't make the inductions into the Hall of Fame. But I think it does lend some credence into why the Hall of Fame for WWE isn't as prestigious, perhaps, as other Halls of Fame, because you can just see the wild disparity between the entrants. Kane, I don't think you have to make a case for why Kane is in the Hall of Fame. You don't have to make a case for why Eric Bischoff would be in the Hall of Fame. And you really don't have to make a case for why Molly Holly would be in the Hall of Fame. But the great Kali? 
Okay. Well, be that as it may, it's going to go down next week, April the 4th. Uh, You can check it out on Peacock. The ceremony will take place, and we're certainly excited for all of the inductees. It should be a very intriguing time for sure. Speaking of Mania Week, one of the other big things that happens during Mania Week is so many other promotions tend to make their way to whatever the host city is for WrestleMania, and they put on great shows. And there are a number of indie shows that are going to be happening during WrestleMania Week in Tampa. But this is the shocker of all shockers to me, that AEW is not going to Tampa, but they have announced a special house show, and they're calling it the House always wins it will not be televised but you will be able to check it out live and in person as tickets have gone on sale today it's going to happen friday april the 9th in jacksonville at daily's place all tickets are $30 plus fees. You can get your tickets at aewtix.com and at ticketmaster.com. And so far, the card looks pretty impressive. Cody Rhodes takes on Ethan Page. The TNT champion Darby Allen will defend his title. The AEW tag champions, the Young Bucks, will team with Brandon Cutler to take on Death Triangle. And in a tag team match, the AEW world champion Kenny Omega will team with Michael Nakazawa to take on Matt and Mike Seidel. So you'll be able to check all of this out live at Daly's Place if you're traveling to Jacksonville. And Jacksonville and Tampa aren't that far apart. So you can certainly spend some time in one place, head to another. Really exciting night that's going to happen there. I'm excited because AEW has traditionally stayed away from WrestleMania events. So to do something during WrestleMania week is not lost on me, fans. So definitely check it out. $30 plus fees and tickets are on sale right now at AEWTix.com or at Ticketmaster.com. Before we get out of here, it is WrestleMania season, and because it's WrestleMania season, we do like to take a look at the significance of history and dates and the like. And this day, it's March the 29th, and there were three different WrestleManias that happened on this day. We got WrestleMania 3 back in 1987. We had WrestleMania 14 in 1998, and we had WrestleMania 31, and all of them hold incredible significance. I'm going to work backwards. So WrestleMania 31 took place there in California at Levi Stadium right outside of San Francisco. It was a unique WrestleMania for a few reasons. It was the only WrestleMania appearance of Sting, as Sting took on Triple H in an iconic match, which really kind of saw the last respites of WCW against WWE. We ended up seeing moments of DX versus NWO. It was pretty crazy. Uh, We also saw some great matches there. Of course, Randy Orton and Seth Rollins, who can forget that super amazing RKO that happened there. It was also the first night that we saw Ronda Rousey grace a WWE ring. She was in the crowd, came into the ring to hang out with The Rock and to really put the boots to Stephanie McMahon and Triple H. The night ended with another historic moment as we had, oddly enough, Roman Reigns against Brock Lesnar in a singles match for the WWE Championship that all of a sudden turned into a triple threat match when Seth Rollins cashed in his Money in the Bank, marking the only time that the Money in the Bank 
briefcase was cashed in at a WrestleMania and turned into a championship win for Seth Rollins. See another thread here? A third man entered into a match, altering what would happen in that match. I'm telling you guys, it could very well happen that Daniel Bryan walks away as the Universal Champion in less than two weeks' time. That was WrestleMania 31. WrestleMania 14 holds great significance as it happened in Boston, Massachusetts, and perhaps the endearing moment here was the rise of the Stone Cold era as Stone Cold Steve Austin would defeat Shawn Michaels to win his first WWE Championship and really kicking off this whole Austin era and Austin reign, which was crazy to say the least. And another memorable moment from that was the special guest enforcer, Mike Tyson. And many have credited Mike Tyson's appearance in WWE as the thing that began to shift the tide between WCW and WWE. So a big shout out to WrestleMania 14 for all of the super cool things that happened there. And of course, the rise of Austin 316 as the WWE champion. And of course, WrestleMania 3, which many have argued still stands as one of the greatest WrestleManias of all time. It was, I think for many, the top WrestleMania. It certainly held the world indoor attendance record for many, many years at 93,173 people held in the Pontiac Silverdome, ironically a building that is no longer standing. But certainly so many things happened at WrestleMania and so many moments from, of course, Aretha Franklin singing America the Beautiful, you had uh, some wild matches there, what was supposed to be the retirement match of Rowdy Roddy Piper against Adrian Adonis. We saw Jake the Snake and uh, Alice Cooper show up there. And we also saw, of course, one of the greatest matches in WrestleMania history. I would say certainly still a top five match. Randy Savage versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat for the Intercontinental Championship. What a match. And of course, one of the biggest matches of all time, Hulk Hogan versus On. Andre the Giant, the iconic slam that was heard around the world, the controversy as to whether or not Andre the Giant actually got the three count, and certainly as we look back historically, and we have seen a number of documentaries about not just WrestleMania, but about Andre the Giant, we really realize how Andre the Giant literally did a favor, not just for Hulk Hogan, but for Vince McMahon and all of WWE, as Andre the Giant was in very poor health when he had that match. Most fans who were new to pro wrestling or who were kids at that time did not know how mobile Andre the Giant once was. And so when you saw Andre the Giant in this mode as the standing towering giant that doesn't move, we didn't know it was because he had major back issues and major health issues. We didn't know that. But even that version of Andre the Giant was very, very hard for Hulk Hogan to beat. We could talk about more stories about that, but I would advise that you go check out the Andre the Giant uh, documentary that I'm pretty sure you can find on HBO Max right now. Incredible stuff to say the least. So with all of that said, March the 29th, a very significant day in pro wrestling history and in WrestleMania history. Three of the most significant WrestleManias to happen in the history of the franchise and WrestleMania returns, of course, in less than two weeks time, April the 10th and the 11th. 
It'll happen live from Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, Florida. There are going to be fans there. It will be something special to watch. And you'll get to watch it, of course, in the States on Peacock, outside of the States, on the WWE Network. All right, guys, that's it for today. I hope you guys have enjoyed our conversation. I hope you've enjoyed this pro wrestling news. And as always, if you have anything you want us to talk about or even do a hot take on, let us know by way of social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show. Have an amazing day. And until next time, family, I'm your man, GB Gerard Bonner, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray. Collectively, we are the faction. Have a great day. Salute my people. Here we go. Salute my people.